what it is, what it do. It's your boy, the good son. Hope you're having a good morning, good afternoon, or a good evening, wherever you may be. First and foremost, I hope you and your loved ones are well through this tough time. I'm wishing love and light and hoping all good things for you and your fam. Um, yeah, otherwise, welcome to another episode of Good Conversations with a Good Son. And since it's Sunday, we'll be continuing with the Dear Christian series. And for those joining us for the first time, this is a Christian podcast by a Christian for Christians. But if you're not a Christian and you want to ask questions or debate, feel free to you know message me and we can chat. Um, I'm not better than anyone. I'm just here to start some good conversations that will hopefully help myself grow and um, help you grow as well in your life and life of faith so that we may all be pleasing to our Heavenly Father God. And for today's topic, I want to talk about something that's very, very important, uh, one of the pillars of our faith walk. And um, for today, I, I really need everyone to participate. You know, I know this is a podcast. You may not be seeing me, but I see you. You know what I mean? Um, so I need you to participate so that we can make most of this time. Um, so yeah, I'll start um, asking a few questions. Um, first question I want to ask is, have you ever raised your hand or, you know, stood up to receive or accept the altar call? You know, I just want to start by asking, have you ever raised your hand, you know, or, or done anything um, to show that you're accepting or you're receiving the altar call? Um, just in case, we, you know, if we come from different backgrounds, um, the altar call is, is what happens usually at the end of church or conference or, or, or funeral um, but usually it happens at the end when the pastor asks everyone to close their eyes while the piano is, is playing softly in the background and the pastor makes a touching speech about how today is the day that God wants to connect with you or something along those lines. So that's, that's what we call an altar call. So have you ever, you know, accepted an altar call? Okay. Um, may I also ask, are you saved? Do you believe you are saved? When were you saved? Like, do you remember when you were saved? How did it feel like? That moment? You know? How did that moment feel like? Most importantly, how did you know that you were saved? Like, how did you know that you were saved? Like, I know when I'm hungry, but also know when I'm full. So where, what happened? Where was that line for you? How did you know that, okay, now I'm saved? And lastly, what were you saved from? Yes, you are saved, okay? What were you saved from? Now I'm asking these questions because these are very important questions for us to understand and to truly, truly understand. Um, and I'm asking genuinely because I've probably accepted the altar call more than five times in my life. And every single time I felt like I needed it, you know, 
every single time that I accepted that altar call, I felt like I needed it. So it got me asking, you know, does that mean I've been saved five times? If not, which one of those times did my salvation actually take place? Like, these are the answers that I need. These are the answers that I needed. And I need you to also answer these questions honestly for yourself. The reason why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this topic up is because there are a lot of people, a lot of people, too many people, too many Christians that are walking around feeling safe because they've been told by their pastors, by their cell leaders, by their parents, by their spiritual leaders that they've been saved, that they've received salvation. I repeat, there are too many people, too many Christians that have been told by the spiritual leaders that they are saved, that they've received salvation. And because of that, too many people, too many Christians are walking around feeling safe because they believe they've received that salvation. Let's open a scripture because every conversation, every biblical debate, every Christian debate, every Christian conversation needs the Bible. Um, so we'll open our first scripture today. First, we'll, I'll read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 1 to 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. It reads, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we, don't, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. So this piece of scripture says, says that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly. So people will be feeling safe, they'll be feeling secure, and in that very moment, the end will come. But let me not elaborate. Let's actually open another scripture to further elaborate. Let's open John chapter 8. From verse 41 to 45 John chapter 8 verse 41 to 45 it reads you are doing the works of your father we are not illegitimate children they protested the only father we have is God himself Jesus said to them if God were your father you would love me for I have come from God I have not come on my own God sent me why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So, through the scripture, we see two groups. You know, there's Jesus, and then on the other side is the Pharisees, Sadducees, and teachers of the law. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and teachers of the law, they are here protesting that they are not Ill illegitimate children, but they 
believe that God is their father. But Jesus says that no, God is not their father and in fact Satan, the devil is their father. So these people who are pastors, who were pastors, teachers of the law, teachers of Christianity to be, you know, in our day. They were adamant that they were children of God. They were adamant that God recognized them. They were adamant that God was with them. But Jesus, who truly knew God, corrected them, removed the veil and clearly told them no. <laughs> he told them no. They did not belong to God, and he even added that actually they are sons of the devil. Why did Jesus say that? Because dear Christian, it's so important that we are reminded that it's either heaven or hell, life or death, and reminded that if we do not belong to God, then surely we belong to the devil, right? Let's hear let's hear the, the, the attitude of apostle Paul when he speaks about salvation. Let's hear what Paul says concerning this topic of salvation. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. It reads, "Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling." So apostle Paul said, "We must continue to work out our salvation." He even added how we should do it by saying we should do so in fear and in trembling you see dear christian salvation is a process i don't care what your pastor says or had said what your spiritual leaders have said the most important answer is one that comes from god that comes from the bible nowhere else i'm passionate about the bible and christianity because I've been hurt so much in my faith walk. Many people, many leaders that I loved, that I cared for, that I trusted have lied to me. Intentionally and but most of the time unintentionally. I bounced from church to church, from conference to conference, from stranger to stranger looking for answers, especially this particular answer. and it was shocking to find out how little people knew about salvation not that i was testing anyone because at that time i was really seeking for the answers so i was literally asking anyone and going everywhere and anywhere because i genuinely wanted to know who god is i wanted to know who god is i wanted to fully understand who i am as a creation I wanted to be secure in my faith. So I went and asked those questions, which for most people it seemed very difficult and it was confusing for me because salvation is one of the pillars of faith. How can we know so little about it? And I didn't want to, you know, a lot of those times I heard man's opinion, but it was so rare for me to actually hear an answer clearly put according to God's standard. So let me conclude this particular section by finding out you know let's let's really delve into a little bit on what God says concerning salvation. 
Let's open Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 to 28. This really moved me. This kind of really changed a lot for me. Uh, Hebrews 9, verse 27 to 28, it reads, Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. I'll repeat, just as people are destined to die once, after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Dear Christian, this piece of scripture clearly states that salvation can only and will only come when Jesus returns. So until then, it is up to us to work out our salvation in faith. Salvation is a process that will only be completed at the time of the second coming. So to all those people who have told you that you were saved, have unfortunately misunderstood scripture, have unfortunately mislaid you, and unfortunately they have lied to you. Because clearly, according to God, according to Scripture, salvation will only come at the second coming. Now, I'm not saying all of this to discourage you or to shake you or break you down or say you're worthless or for you to quit your faith. But please understand that I'm saying all of this to shake you up to wake you up so that we can all continue towards the goal of knowing the true God and really receiving the blessing of salvation, not in, the, not in our standard, but in God's standard, which is the only standard that should matter. Because like I said, I've been hurt many times and it's that pain that, dro- that drove me and continues to drive me to want to know, God, what is your absolute truth? Because it's, thing, it's misunderstandings like this that can lead a lot of people to destruction. Because a lot of people believe they are already saved. Now, I don't want anyone falling victim to the devil by thinking they are saved and safe. Because we can see in history that all the people who believed that they were safe, that they were saved in the first coming, in the time of Jesus... They were too arrogant to actually see Jesus. They were too arrogant to actually follow Jesus. And if we don't humble ourselves to understand scripture properly today, then we too will definitely find ourselves in the same positions today. And as as 1 Thessalonians said, no one knows the time or the date of that return. So during this period, let's put in effort so that we can actually receive that salvation when the time of salvation actually does come. So that's the faith that we need to have, that if I live according to the Bible, if I live a life that is pleasing according to God, then on that day, I will definitely receive salvation. 
but we will not receive salvation if we're living our lives incorrectly or with the incorrect attitude at this present moment. Because if our actions and our attitude is lazy, is complacent, then guaranteed we will not receive that salvation on that day. So I repeat, I'm not saying this to discourage anyone, but I'm actually saying this so we can shake each other and wake each other up so that we can be alert, so that we do not fall to, to kind words of we are safe, when clearly there's a process of this salvation and we need to stay awake and alert throughout the whole process. But that requires us to properly and clearly understand what is being shared in the Bible and not listen to man's opinion, but only God's opinion. And I know this is a broad topic, it's a big topic, and there's so much to speak about on this particular topic. This is just the, this is just the tip of the iceberg. But this is what this podcast is about, just to start that conversation. But for today, you know, because I don't want to say too much or talk too much, that will be it for today. That will be the time, you know, that's all the time that we have for today. So for me, the good son, really praying and I hope that everyone stays good. You be good and you do good. Um, please hit me up on the social platforms. Please share this content as well so that we can all grow, so that we can all be alert and so that we can, you know, grow in faith together and no one be left behind. So for me to you, take care, stay good, peace.